you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to a, a, a book of the Bible that is kind of obscure. It's in the Old Testament. And uh, the best way to find it is if you'll go to Malachi and turn left. And the book is Habakkuk. Habakkuk. And I would say this is a fascinating book of the Bible. And we're going to look at Habakkuk today. And one of our heroes is the prophet Habakkuk. Well, what a name. How would you like to have a name like that growing up in junior high? Habakkuk. And today we're going we're gonna to look at the, the character trait as we run the race of life. Patience. And I'm, uh, I'm glad Sandra handed me a, a, a Tootsie Pop. And I love Tootsie Pops. And if you're good, I see you raising your hand in the back. If you're good, you'll get one at the end, but you've got to be patient and wait for it. So we're in Habakkuk chapter 1, and, and our, our character trait, as I said, is, is, is patience. Something we're probably not very good at. I don't know about you, but I know I'm not good at, at, at patience. Here's the, here's the definition of, uh, uh, of patience. Patience is the, the quality of, of patiently bearing annoyance, misfortune, or pain without complaint, loss of temper, or irritation. I was at a traffic light yesterday, and, and, and my patience was being tested. Usually when you're impatient, it really is revealing selfishness on your part. You're upset at the traffic light because it's costing you an extra two minutes of your life, and so it's usually geared around selfishness. Things not happening the way you think they ought to happen. And, and, and I've got a word for you today, and here's the word, word for you. The world is not centered around you. <laughs> now, I know that that's going to come as a huge shock to you today. But the universe, like, is not centered on you and your desires and your time frame and your schedule there's 8 billion people on this world today, and, and it's not always about you. Habakkuk was a, was a prophet. And he saw some things that he didn't like and he didn't understand. There was violence because of the Babylonians. The Jewish nation of Judah was being persecuted. There was evil. There was injustice. And Habakkuk saw this, and he got mad, confused. And he cried out to God. And he says, what in the world are you doing? You make me see all this junk in our world, and here it is, and this is a beautiful word. God, you are strangely silent. I love that. When was the last time in your life when you, like Habakkuk, 
cried out for God to do something. You prayed earnestly. You did all you needed to do. You, you, you read your Bible. You, you prayed. You were a good boy and a good girl, and you cried out, and God, do this for me. And God didn't do it exactly the way you think it ought to be done. And even worse, God is strangely silent. How is it possible for a good heavenly father to be strangely silent when we cry out for help? And I don't know about you, but there's been times in my life where I've cried out like Habakkuk. God, what are you doing? God, where are you? God, how come you're not responding? God, what's going on? Why are you letting the wicked flourish? I need you. I need your help. Would you please help me? And God is strangely silent. And I'm here to tell you today that God will answer your prayer. He hears your cries. He's going to answer you eventually. It's not going to be on your time frame. It's not going to be when you think it needs to be done. But God is going to respond. God is going to answer. God is going to bring help. God is going to bring healing. God's going to answer the cries of your heart on his time and not yours. I, I love the fact that Habakkuk's name means to embrace. It's powerful. Embrace the goodness of God. Embrace that God understands and he's going to help you. And he may be strangely silent during this season of your life, but we have to come to that place where we embrace the sovereignty of God. God, you're in charge. God, I'm not in charge. The world doesn't center around me. I'm asking you to do something and you're strangely silent. But even though you're strangely silent, I embrace that you are in control of every detail of my life, and I trust you. And when we, like Habakkuk, embrace that mentality, it gives us the ability to weather every storm. And I would encourage you that when God is strangely silent, when he is not answering your prayer, when you're crying out and he feels like he's a million miles away, you and I need to embrace in the faithfulness and the goodness of God. There's a lot of things that we embrace in our lives. But the one thing that's most important to embrace is trusting in a heavenly father who's a great father and he cares about you and he's going to answer one day, but it's not going to be on your time frame. I love our PC share. You see it in your notes there, and, and, and uh, by, by Joyce Meyer. Patience is not the ability to wait, but the ability to keep a good attitude while waiting. So let's talk for the next couple of minutes about what Habakkuk would say to us. If he were to join us at Starbucks for a few moments, what would he share with us the wisdom how to run the race of life? And Habakkuk, the first thing he would say to us is, number one, if you're going to embrace him and embrace the uncertainty of the season that you're in, the first thing you need to do is you need to cry out with honesty. Everyone say that word honesty. I've got some really good news for you today. God can handle your honesty. When you're mad, when you're fearful, when you're angry, when you're upset, 
When you are alone, when you are at your wit's end and you're crying out, God can handle your honesty, and he wants to hear that from you today. Cry out with passionate honesty. Look at Habakkuk chapter 1. It's there in your notes, and, and I want you to get your pen out because I want you to see this. Get your pen out or your pencil, and let's read Habakkuk chapter 1. I want you to see all of the uncertainty that's taking place in Habakkuk's life. Look what he says. The prophecy that Habakkuk the prophet received. How long, O Lord, must I call for you and circle that word for help? But you do not listen. Circle that word listen. Or cry out to you violence. Circle that word violence. But you do not save. Why do you make me look at injustice? Circle that word injustice. Why do you tolerate wrongdoing? Circle that word wrongdoing. Destruction and violence are before me. There is strife. There's conflict. Therefore, the law has been paralyzed and justice never prevails. The wicked hem in the righteous so that justice is perverted. Wow. That is a mouthful. Silence, violence, injustice, destruction, strife, wrongdoing, violence, conflict, wickedness, perversion. Sounds like he's reading our mail here in America these days. And here Habakkuk sees all this that's going wrong, and he says, God, where are you? God, I'm crying out for help. God, I need you, and you are strangely silent. What I like about Habakkuk is he honestly cried out with passion the exact way that he was feeling. Oh, I love this one. Write this down. Your gift to God is honesty. God's gift to you is the truth. And when you are honest with God, God, I'm alone. God, I'm fearful. God, I'm scared. God, I'm frustrated. When you open up your heart and you share with passion your honesty, God can handle every complaint that you have. How many has ever come to God with a complaint at least least once a week? Aren't you glad that God can handle that? I'm glad that he doesn't fall off of his throne of grace when you come and you bring your honesty to him. He's secure, he is strong, and it is healthy for you to be honest with him. And Habakkuk would say to us today, if you're going to run the race of life, be honest with God. Quit pretending that everything is okay. Quit pretending that life is good and everything is great. When you are angry, when you're fearful, when you're afraid, be honest with God. And your gift to God is honesty, and his gift to you is the truth. And the truth is, I may not fix it, exactly the way you want it fixed. I may not come to your rescue exactly when you send me a text message, but I am going to respond, and I want you to embrace the fact that I am in charge of every detail of your life, and I am sovereign, and I'm in control, and I want you to be honest with me and be passionate about how you feel. Can I get an amen? Amen. It's healthy. It's good. Some of you are holding on to things, and you feel like God can't handle it, 
that God's going to be offended, that you're going to be, you're going to upset him by your honesty. And I can tell you, Habakkuk would say to us today, if you're running the race of life, life is not going to be good all the time, and you need to be honest with him and share your heart with him and be honest about it. Number two, Habakkuk would say to us, I love this one, he would tell you, church, hold firm to the promise of hope. Hold firm to the promise of hope. Look at Habakkuk chapter 1, verse 5. Look at the nations and watch and be utterly amazed. I love this. For I am going to do something in your days that you would not believe it even if you were told. What a great scripture. You know what that scripture symbolizes? It symbolizes hope. Can you say that word with me, hope? Hope is a powerful word. And Habakkuk would say to you, church, hold on to the hope. Hold on. That word there, hope, means the expectation of future good. You may be upset. You may be fearful. You may be afraid. You may be angry. But God says, watch this, I'm getting ready to do something in your day, and it's going to be so good, you can't even believe what's ahead for you. If you will simply Hold firm to the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. I love this. Hope is being able to see that there is light in spite of all the darkness. That's hope. Hope is trusting that there is light, that there is an answer coming. Even in the darkest of moments, you and I have got to hold on to the hope that we are believing that there's going to be an expectation of future good. Hold on to the hope that is promised to you. We don't have time to go there, so let me just read this. But let me read Hebrews verse 6 and verse uh, 18. Hebrews 6, 18 and 19. If you're still with me, let me hear an amen. amen. God did this so by two unchangeable things and which are impossible for God to lie. We who have fled to take hold of the hope, everyone say hope, of the hope offered to us so that we may be greatly encouraged. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. See, hope is an anchor, and it causes us to be firm and and secure. Now, you, you see on the stage here today, and you've been wondering, what in the world is this sitting up on the stage? You probably thought Patrick left this and, and didn't clean up this week. Now, if you were here last week, I've got a little uh, statement that I need to make. I am not going to throw this into the audience today. <laughs> Poor Scotty. If you were here last week, you just have to be here. I had a, a fishing pole with a weight on it, and I was trying to illustrate that we need to cast our care, and I was trying to get it to the cross, and when I cast it, I missed the cross, and I hit Scotty, our faithful dog, on the front row and broke three ribs. I mean, <laughs> Pastor John texted me later on s Sunday afternoon and said, Scotty's been taken to the hospital, and he's sick, and I just responded, we need a healing service for Scotty. So we are willing and ready to believe God to heal Scotty's body, but I'm not going to throw this anchor into the audience today. <laughs> Other than the bait you use 
and the equipment that you use as your rod and reel, there's nothing more important than an anchor. When I go fishing, and I'm on the fish, and I'm catching fish, the worst thing that can happen is you drift away from the spot where all the fish are. And that happens all the time. And if you don't have an anchor, you will miss out. Anchors are intended to secure you and keep you in place. I love that the Hebrew writer says, hope is an anchor. God, when all hell is breaking loose around me, God, when things are happening that I see and I don't like, God, when I'm afraid, when I'm fearful, when I'm lonely, God, I need hope. I need to hold to the promise. And the writer of Hebrews says that hope is the anchor for our soul, firm and secure. Whatever you're believing God for, whatever you're praying for, whatever you're trusting God for, Habakkuk would say to us today, Pinecastle, hold on to the hope. Get that anchor. Hope is that anchor and trust. And you may not understand, you may not like, you may not be comfortable, but you've got to stand firm and secure, and you can only do that when your hope is anchored in Christ and Christ alone. Can I get an amen? amen. We need an anchor, and the anchor is hope. You know, about 700 days ago, Our family needed to hold on to the hope that was promised us. I've got great news. Austin is, Lord willing, coming, coming home from Atlanta next week. We fly up this Thursday to, to, um, he's doing well. And we're going to meet with the doctors and the medical team. And, and, and hopefully on October 13th, he's going to be home. But over 700 days ago, you talk about a ship that was on the stormy seas and, and we needed an anchor. And this church and you and, and so many in our community were, were so kind and so generous and so thoughtful. And, and, and you overwhelmed us with cards and gifts and encouragement. It was really, really amazing. I remember I was in Miami, stunned, shocked, angry, confused, hurt, all the emotions that a dad would go through when you see your son in a coma for over 40 days. Got so many cards, so many uh, letters, but one particular note that I have held in my wallet for the past 700 days I don't even know who the note is, is from, but I've, I've hung on to this. I had to, I had to tape it last night because it was all beat up. It's been my wallet for the past 700 days. Don't know who wrote this. Could be one of you here today. I don't know. But this so ministered to me that I kept it and I held it in my wallet for the past two years. And, and she says, and I'm assuming it's a she because she's got really nice handwriting. Us guys <laughs> don't write real good. And it says, I never know what to say, but I'm sending you hope. And then with a quote by Dr. Martin Luther King, we must accept finite disappointment, but never lose infinite hope. 
Hmm. Martin Luther King was, was right. Habakkuk would say the same thing to us today. He would say, church, whatever's going on in your life, in your heart, hold on to the promise of hope. Things are going to get better. Your wife's going to get healed. God's going to rescue you out of your financial situation if you simply just anchor yourself in the rock of ages. We must never, we must accept finite disappointment, but never lose infinite hope. Habakkuk would say to us today, hang on to the hope. I love that old hymn of the church. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. Watch this. I will not trust the sweetest name, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. See, when I was in my darkest moments, man, it was the hymns of the church like that that reminded me my hope is built. If your hope is built on the president, you're going to be disappointed. If your hope is built on government, you're going to be disappointed. If your hope is built on what's taking place in Washington, you're going to be highly disappointed. But if you cry out, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and his righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean. See, that's, 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 the, that's the hope. Holy lean on Jesus' name. On Christ, the solid rock, I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. I hope your trust is in him today. I hope it is. Can I get an amen? amen. Number three, quickly, Habakkuk would tell us. Number one, to cry out with passionate honesty. Number two, he would say to us, hold firmly to the promised hope. I love this. Number three, he would say, wait patiently. Wait patiently. Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 2 and 3 says this. Then the Lord replied, I love this, write down the revelation, make it plain on tablets so that the herald may run with it. For the revelation awaits an appointed time. It speaks to the end and it will not prove false. Here it is. Though it linger, what's his response? Wait for it, for it will surely come and it will not delay. You ever get those videos on, on, on Facebook? I haven't been on Facebook in about nine months. It's kind of been nice. I mean, I, I really do want to see what you eat for lunch. And how your dog is doing. <laughs> but I've got limited capacity right now. And what you and your dog are doing is not on my plate. I've got limited capacity. So I've decided to get off Facebook because I just need to focus. I'm not saying you need to do that. I'm saying that's what I need to do. And you know what? Stress level's down. Jealousy's down when I'm focusing on what I need to focus on. But when I was on Facebook, I'd get these videos that would say, watch this, 
And here they'd say, wait for it. And usually the funny thing was all the way at the very end. And I don't have the patience to watch a minute of video and wait for it. But Habakkuk says here, and God says to Habakkuk, Habakkuk, I'm going to do something in your day. I want you to wait for it. Patiently wait for what I'm getting ready to do. I love this. Love. Patience is the calm assurance that things can happen in a different order than the one you have in mind. Hmm. Gandhi said this, to lose patience is to lose the battle. Someone once said the two most powerful warriors are patience and time. Patience is bitter, but its fruit is sweet. How many of you are here today and you have, you have trouble like me with patience? You know, you get on Google and that little, I got an Apple thing and the thing spins around like that and that just... And I'm upset and frustrated because I can't get the answer to what I'm Googling in 15 seconds, and I get impatient. I think we're all very, very impatient. You know what Habakkuk would say to us today? Be patient. Wait for it. It's coming. It may not look like the way you think it's going to look, but wait for it. It's coming. Be patient. Do you know that one of the fruits of the Spirit is what? Patience. If you're believing God to heal your body, just wait for it. If you're believing God to heal your heart, just wait for it. If you're believing God to heal your son, just wait for it. If you're believing God to restore your, your financial situation, just wait for it. There's somebody here today, you've got a terrible relationship with your family. God's going to restore it, but you've got to wait for it. And that's healthy to wait. Because we all want to make things happen. We all want God to answer our prayers in the way we want it to be answered. And God says, I'm not going to do things the way I want you to embrace that you're not in charge. I am. Wait for it. It's good advice. Number four. Habakkuk would say to us, when you're in this season of uncertainty and God is strangely silent, remind yourself of God's goodness and his mercy. I love that. Aren't you glad that we serve a, a God that's full of goodness and full of mercy? Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 2. Lord, I've heard your fame. I stand in awe of your deeds. Repeat them in our day, and in your time make them known. And in wrath, remember mercy. Everyone say mercy. mercy. God is full of goodness and mercy. And we need to remind ourselves of his goodness and his mercy. I love what Max Licato just said. I read a book recently. He says, if God were only mighty, we would salute him. But since he is merciful and mighty, we can approach him. And guess what? We can approach him because he's full of goodness and mercy. And then number, number five, Bruce, if you go to the keyboard. Habakkuk would say to us, Stand in the strength of God. Stand. Everyone say stand. And here in Habakkuk chapter 3, the last verse in chapter 3, it's only three chapters, but chapter 3 verse 19, it says this. Habakkuk says, 
The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer, and he enables me to tread on the heights. I love that. Watch this, church. Let me have your eyes. The last verse of the book, Habakkuk says, God, you are my strength. And that empowered him to embrace the uncertainty of God being silent and not answering his prayer. He said, God, you are my strength, and I'm going to stand in the strength of the Lord. Listen, write this down. I love this. Your weakness, your weakness, and by the way, how many people here have got a, at least one area of weakness? How many need to raise both hands? Your weakness is an invitation to discover God's strength. Hmm. Didn't the writer say, when I am weak, then I am what? Strong. See, your weakness is an invitation to discover God's strength. David said in Psalm 27, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Who shall I feel? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Who should I be afraid? Habakkuk would say to us today, church, stand in the strength of our God. I was at a, my Bible study on Friday morning this week. Meet with a bunch of guys from my neighborhood. And I was, I was taken back by the testimony of a, um, a, a guy in our group. Very, very successful young man. 54 years old. Extremely wealthy. Extremely successful. And he brought to our group uh, the announcement it was shocking that he had been diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease at 54 years old. Doctors have given him three years to live. He said recently he was in, in, in Thailand, and he went to go visit a monk. And the monk gave him 11 words that he said changed his life. And here they are. The monk said, life is suffering. What are you going to do about it? And his response was, I can't change the fact that I've been diagnosed with this disease. I can't change the fact that I've only got three years to live. I can't change the fact that my wife and my kids are going to be left. But I do have the ability to choose, to look to God to be my strength for these next th three years. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to draw strength from God and I'm going to have a positive attitude because I can't change the fact that I've been diagnosed with this terminal illness, but I can change the fact that I can have a good attitude about it. And I was amazed and I was shocked at his tenacity. What was he saying? He was saying the same thing that Habakkuk is saying to us today. Church, you've got to stand in the strength of the Lord. And when he is strangely silent and he doesn't answer your prayers the way you think he ought to answer them, you've got to stand firm in the security of God and God Almighty. God, let me be like Habakkuk. Let me be strong and secure. Let me have feet like that of a deer. I want to have strength in God and God alone. That's where our hope comes from. And God is faithful. Let me give you, just real quickly, how many are still with me? I, I've, got, I, I've got a few more minutes. 
Here's the things that you and I need to stand in. Number one, God loves you and he believes in you. You've got to be assured of that. Number two, God will never leave you. How many believe that? Number three, God will always be with you. Number four, God wants the very best for you. I know I'm going fast, but that's okay. God's timing is perfect. We've got to stand in that. We've got to stand in the fact that God is a great father, and he's going to take care of us. We've got to stand in the fact that he is faithful and dependable. Number eight, we've got to stand on the fact that God never lies. And then number 10, we've got to stand in the fact that God will always give us the strength that we need. Do you believe that today? God is faithful. And he will give us the ability to be strong in the midst of uncertainty because great is his faithfulness today. Great is his faithfulness. Some of you here today, the last thing you want to do is stand. You're tired, you're weary, you want to crawl up in a ball and watch Harmock movies. But God wants you to stand. Stand strong in the strength and the power of God Almighty. He would help you. Habakkuk would say that to you today. God's faithful. He'll be there for you. He'll never leave you. He's going to give you the strength you need. How many believe that? Let me hear an amen. amen. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. I want you to stand across the auditorium just for a moment. Let's just remind ourselves of how great God is and how faithful he is.